0: In the Bible, please, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 22. It's good to have all of our guests this morning. I had a chance to meet Bob and LaRue here, and they are visitors from right here in the community, and other folk who are visiting. Good to have Wendy's parents up. Oh, Miss Francis is here. I didn't know she was here. Praise God. I'm glad Miss Francis is here, and Wendy's mom and dad are here this morning. Appreciate them being here from Florida and from Georgia. Glad they're here. Matthew, chapter number 22. I want to read to you, beginning at verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with, and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the, thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Then, you can hold your place there, but would you turn to the book of James, all the way almost to the book of Revelation, you'll find the book of James, Hebrews, and then James. And in the book of James, I want to read from chapter 2, just one verse. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 8. He said this, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the Scriptures, scripture." Thou shalt love the Lord. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. Let me read that again, verse eight. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. I want we're going to read. But if ye have respect of persons, ye commit sin. And are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever keepeth the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. You know what? I've quoted that verse before. That you're to fulfill the royal law of love. Or royal law. and That is to love your neighbor as yourself. I've often quoted if you offend the law in one point you're guilty of all. But it's strange that all these years I preached and said the Bible, I never realized the context of that statement. If you offend the law in one point, you're guilty of all. And what he's talking about is not getting drunk, it's not committing adultery, it's not gossiping, it's not stealing, it's not any of the sins that we would normally think about. But in the context of this command, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and thy neighbor as thyself. James said, if you offend the law in one point, and he describes this command as the royal law. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessed privilege of being here today. And I pray God the Holy Spirit now would speak to the hearts of this people gathered all those in the radio audience and internet audience and those who may hear at later days the message on CD. I pray God the Holy Spirit would minister to their hearts. Lord, I pray that not a man or a woman or a boy or girl in the building would leave here lost today. I pray that they would know the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray God that Lord, those of us who are saved, that our Father that this morning the Spirit of the living God once again would quicken in us and revive in us our love for you and our love for mankind. I pray, God, that you'd give us a burden, our Father, to love you and serve you and to show that love to a lost and dying world. I pray now, God, the Holy Spirit will move, and I'll thank you in praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had something you really wanted to say and you didn't know how to say it? I, all this week while we were on the cruise i i was i was trying to think and figure and and just i was waiting to hear from the lord i was waiting for some big revelation about god speaking to my heart about why we were on that cruise why was it that tony green before he died put a note in our folder that we were to go on the trip free again this year Out of all the people he knew, out of all the preachers he knew, why did he do that? I thought to be sure there's going to be some big revelation. I don't think it ever came, but one truth began to deal with my heart from the very beginning. And, And as I began to read this passage of Scripture, God spoke to my heart. I don't guess there are two subjects that are more misunderstood or more misapplied or in some cases more despised than these two concepts that the Lord ties in one passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew. That is the law and love. And really, I shouldn't even do it that way. If you're listening on radio, you don't know what I did. I said the law with my left hand and love with my right hand. But really, what I should have said was law and love. Because they are combined together by our Lord in that one verse. It seems that there's some group of people who look at the law with almost despising the law. When the word law is mentioned for those of us living in dispensation of grace, living in the hour that you're living in. When we use the word law, there's some people who just simply recoil because praise God, we are not under law, we're under grace. And somehow we have some sort of aversion to the law of God. And there's something that, that rises up in us about the law of God that just seems that is, we're not comfortable with the law of God. We love the love of God, but not the law of God. But I would remind you what David said. David said, oh, how I love thy commands. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And again, the word of God describes the law as being precious. The law of God is in fact the revelation of the character of God. It reveals something of his holiness. There's nothing wrong with the law. I I want you to know that the law is good. The law is perfect, enlightening the soul. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And had it not been for the law, we'd never known we were sinners. And if we never knew we were sinners, we'd never be saved. I want you to embrace the law and thank God for the law. Praise God for the law because God through his law showed us that we needed a savior. The law was never given that it might give life, but it might show us Christ. That every mouth might be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. There's somebody, a friend, when they begin to talk about Christian living, they say, thank God I'm not under law, I'm under grace, and so I can do what I want to do. Well, the truth of the matter is, as a Christian, you have two natures in you. You have one nature in you that wants to love God, that wants to live holy, that wants to serve God. You've got one nature in you that wants to stay home on Sunday night and not come back to church. You've got one nature in you that doesn't like the things of God. You've still got an old man inside of you. And so you better be careful about just following what you feel like. Because you may not be living in the new man. You might be living in the flesh on that particular occasion. And you'd better make sure you're living according to the word of God and the law of God. I, I am not at liberty, the Bible said, to use my liberty as an occasion to the flesh, to sin. I'm not at liberty to do that. And, and God's law still applies to me so far as its regulation, not its condemnation. I'm still obligated not to commit adultery. I'm still obligated not to lie. I'm still obligated not to do those things. You understand what I'm saying? And I love that. I love that because I've learned as God spoke to my heart that he did not give me those restrictions for my harm, but for my good. He did that so I can live for him and that I could enjoy the real blessings of the Lord. Oh, the awful seeds that are sown in sin that reap awful, awful recompense. Uh, repercussions and what an awful thing sin when it brings forth death it is. God wants you to be, have joy. He wants you to have peace but you cannot live in no disobedience to command and have real peace. And then there's the other side of the ledger. I, I was given on last week a sermon and it's a good sermon on CD. The biblical content of it is good. It was preached by an independent Baptist evangelist. And it's good. I mean, so far as the message is good. But in that message, he made a statement that caused me to shudder. And it just kind of, it didn't turn me off, but it just, it just kind of broke my heart. That a man of God would make that statement. Here it is. He said, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the love of God. And then he began to preach on the judgment of God. Can I say to you? I don't ever get tired of hearing about the love of God. He is a God of grace and mercy. He is, he is a God of holiness. And the Bible said he's angry with the wicked every day. And the Bible says that, that, that so far as him, his holiness, you know what? He does not put anybody in hell. Now don't wait until I'm telling you. You know why you go to hell? You know why you'll go to hell? Because you choose to go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, but my dear friend, because of his holiness, because of his justice, my dear friend, if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, there's there no condemnation to them that in Christ Jesus, who those who've trusted Christ, they're not, they're not, they're not condemned. But those who have rejected Christ, he said, but those that know not God, those who've rejected Christ, the wrath of God abideth upon, him, upon them. God has been merciful. God's been kind. And please understand that God one day, as he did in Sodom and Gomorrah, he rained down fire. There's coming a day that he's going to judge this world. The Bible said it's the time of the great tribulation period. And, and God does judge sin. Please understand, God hates sin and God, because of the holiness, has to has to judge sinners by their their yielding to the sin and not receiving the Savior. But if you die and go to hell, don't blame God because he's made provision that whoso will might come. Just quickly this morning, I want to talk to you about the royal law of God. In the book of James, he ties that phrase, the royal law, with the word love. It's the royal law of God. It is love to tie that together. And Christ, they ask him, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? Would it be, don't commit adultery, the love the Lord with all your heart and so on and so on so on. What is the great commandment? And you, you saw what he did. He said, it's to love the Lord with all of your heart, mind and soul. It is to love your neighbor as yourself. Because on these two hang all the rest of the law. Everything. And James, when he comes to expound on that a little bit, he said, if you keep the whole law and offend in one point, you're guilty of all. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many people in here have ever committed adultery. Because the Bible says that it's it's wicked, it's sin, thou shalt not commit adultery. But thank God, God can forgive you for that. Thank God he can. Thank God. He talked about it in, in the book of Colossians and Ephesians and Galatians. And he talked about people who were this and that and the other. And he said, and thank God that you're now washed, you're clean. So my dear friend, God forgive you. God can forgive you of everything that you've ever done. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have ever stolen anything or you've ever committed murder. But I am going to ask you this morning. How many of us in this building would be guilty of breaking the royal law of love? He said, if you offend the law in one point, you're guilty of all. So while you may have never gotten drunk, you may have never committed adultery, you may have never committed a murder. If you've not loved him with all your heart, mind, and soul, if you've not loved your neighbor as yourself, then we've broken that royal law. And he said, upon those that hangs all the rest of them. And James said, if you offend the law in one point, you're guilty of all of it. What an awful thing to think that if we do not love the Lord, or we don't love people, love our brethren with all of our, uh, with like our neighbor, like ourselves. Then what an what a awful sin that would be. I pray God to speak to our hearts. First of all, just quickly this morning, I want to love explained. Love explained. I do when I do weddings, I usually explain the Greek words about love. There are three in the Bible about love. One is eros. That is that is a physical, natural love. It's when a man loves a woman. A woman loves a man. It's it's that physical type of love, fleshly love. And it's not wrong. The reason you have that attraction is because of a holy God. God put that in a man, in a woman. It's not wrong. And Paul said that the bed is undefiled in the Lord. As long as it's a relationship of a married couple... That, that physical love is not wrong. It's blessed of the Lord. It's honored of God. Then there's another word. It's called phileo. That has to do with friendship love or brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia. That name Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. Phileo means to love friends and family and neighbors. And you have that naturally. And there are a lot of good people who are, have a benevolent, kind heart, and they love people. They're just natured that way. When Brother Eddie Goddard was here, and Brother Eddie preached, and I think most of you blessed and helped by Brother Eddie. He and I riding around talking, fellowship and he got talking about people who are d- down and depressed all the time. And he said, but I'm just not made up that way. He said, I wasn't that way before I got saved. And my dear friend, there are a lot of you who love naturally. I mean, you're just, you're just kind of a loving, giving person. You're a kind person. And so when you look at people and you say, well, they're such a loving, kind person, that may be phileo. It may be that they're just that way. And you you must not assume that people are saved because they're kind or because they're benevolent, because they do good things. Now, dear friend, that doesn't mean you're saved. It may mean that you just have that kind of a friendship love. You care about people. You generally care about people. But then there's the other word for for love and, and that is the word agape. That's God's love. That's the love of God and it's described in the Bible in many different ways. But the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That only comes into your heart and your life at the time you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. It's absolutely impossible for me or you to love the Lord with all of our heart, our mind, and our, our, our strength, our soul, without having the love of Christ in our heart. It's impossible for me to love biblically the body of Christ and brothers without having that godly love in me. I could be kind, I could be polite, I could be cordial. But my dear friend, to love like Jesus wants us to love The Bible says of our Lord in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, that he loved us with an everlasting love, an unchanging love. The only way that you can love with an unchanging love is to love out of a Holy Ghost of God. A love that does not fluctuate because you tend to love people according to how they treat you. Some people will treat you with kindness and you're it's just a natural thing to reciprocate that. It's just a natural thing to love like they love you. But the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, I loved you with an everlasting love. He loved you while you were yet sinners. And to love people who are sinners takes the grace of God. To love people who misuse you and abuse you and talk about you and do those things, it takes the love of God. Shed abroad your heart by the Holy Ghost of God. Only then can you love like you ought to love. And then the, the Bible says this in the book of Hosea. He said, I have loved them freely. That means with, with no thought of anything coming back to you. It, it is a motiveless love. Not having a motive. Not having a motive. It means you just love people. You don't ever expect them to do anything for you. you, you it's the reason you love them is not because they're going to do something for you. You just love them. That takes God. You've got you to have the Lord in your heart to love people like that. And then his disciples talked about forgiveness and they said, How many times should we forgive? He said, 70 times seven. Because that love issues out, of, that, that forgiveness issues out of love. And my dear friend, you, you can't love like that. You cannot love people like that unless the Holy Ghost of God's in your life. It's a measureless love, it's a motiveless love. You don't have any, there's no way to measure it. There's no, way to, there's, no way to, there's no way to measure that kind of love. You just love folk. You're willing to give, you're willing to go, you're willing to put up with all kind of things and, and you're just put up with that because of the biblical love. Now, how did you get that? The Bible said that's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But now, let me say, let me go on now. Not only love explained, that is God's love, that agape love, got, got that kind of love, but I want to talk to you about love expressed. Love expressed. I give you the verse, you know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said in John 15 verse 13, greater love hath no man than this that lay down his life for his friend. That's a wonderful truth. That a man would be willing to die for his friend. That you'd be willing to die for your friend, die for your family. But that's, that's the greatest love man can have. But that's not the greatest love God can have. Because the Bible says, scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That love, that love expressed was expressed on the cross. What a wonderful song, Brother Danny sang a while ago. That love, love called my name, love expressed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That love of the Lord Jesus Christ, how did he express it while he was here in the earth? He he expressed it in his touch. When Jesus came, he didn't get off somewhere away from people. He interacted with people. He went in and out among the people and he touched them. He touched the leper. He touched blind eyes. He touched people. My dear friend, if you have the love of God in your heart, you'll you'll want to minister to people. You want to touch them for Jesus' sake. Touch them in their physical need. Touch them in their financial need. Touch them in the spiritual need. Touch them with your love. Be there with them. Love them. Care for them. As I was praying and studying through this message, and as I get on down a little further, you understand what I'm saying. I was thanking the Lord for Benson Grove Baptist Church, because what I'm preaching about is exemplified in this church. I'm talking about love expressed. How, how the Lord expresses love in His touch. He expressed it in His teaching. He taught the truth. Love is always truthful. And you may not like the truth, but love always tells you the truth. It'd be, I would not really love you if I did not tell you that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I, didn't, I would not love you if I did not tell you that the wages of sin is death. I would not love you that if, if I did not tell you that if you reject Christ that you'll spend eternity in a place called hell. If I really loved and cared about you, I want to do something about it. And Jesus expressed that in His teaching. He taught about heaven, He taught about hell. He taught about love, He talked about the law. He taught the truth. And my dear friend, you don't love people if you don't tell them the truth. And there are so many groups around that talk about love, but they don't teach the truth. Jesus demonstrated, expressed His love in His touch, but also in His truth, but then also in His tears. The Bible said when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He, the Bible records on two occasions when Jesus wept. Do I think that's the only time he cried? No. I don't believe you can be moved emotionally. I don't believe you can be moved. The Bible said he was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes as sheep having no shepherd. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ wept on several occasions. I believe when he saw the needs of people, he wept. My dear friend, he's he concerned about them. Jesus demonstrated his love by his teaching and by his, by his tears. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He wept over the city of Jerusalem. He had a broken, compassionate heart. He really loved him. He really cared. He really cared. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. And oh, my dear friend, what an awesome thing that is, that he loves you and he loves me. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, Paul describes the love of God and he says this about it. He said in Ephesians chapter three, verse 19, he said, it passeth all knowledge. I can't hardly understand it. I can't hardly comprehend it. The whole time we were on that ship last week, I kept thinking, why in the world Tony do this? Why am I here? Why are other folks are paid to be here? Why am I why I'm enjoying this? And you know what happened? I thought, because somebody loved me. Somebody loved me. That leads me to the third thing I want to say this morning. Not only love explained and, and love expressed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved you so much he bore your own sins and died on the cross for you. But love experienced. It's one thing for you to know about the love of God. It's one thing for you to believe about the love of God. But it's another thing to experience the love of God. As I was reading and studying quite often, I quote to you John chapter 17 the verse that I guess of all the verses in the New Testament just blows my mind. Jesus praying in John 17, he said, Father, thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. In other words, God in heaven, God that that created this world, he loves you. Every boy and girl in here, every man and woman in here, everybody in the sound of my voice, he loves you just as much as he loved his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't explain that to you. I can't fathom that to you. But if you ever experience it, if you ever experience that love, if you ever realize that you're lost and on your way to hell, and the reason you're not going to be in hell is because he loved you and died for you, and you by grace receive that love, and that love fills your heart and your life, and you just, every time you read the word of God and you hear about Calvary, your heart melts because you said, he loved me, he loved me. When I, we went on the cruise, the evening meal, they assigned you a seat in the dining room. And I, when Regina and I went into the dining room, there was a, just a table, had four chairs. Had a lot of them are big tables. But we had a little corner table. And there was only four chairs. And as we approached the table, there were two people sitting there. And I had glimpsed that man earlier with you know several hundred people, 2,000 people trying to get on the boat. And I, I had seen that man. And I told Regina, I said, I, I know him. Well, when we came into dinner that night, Lo and behold, they were sitting at our table. And when we sat out, I saw him. I, I said, I know you. And his name is George. His wife's name is Janet. They're members of Calvary Baptist Church over in Selma. And here's the first thing he said to me. He said, you're Brother Billy. You're the reason I'm here. And he said, when you preached revival, you had brochures about the cruise. And you're the reason I'm here. And boy, my heart melted inside of me that Jesus Loved us so much. And the reason I'm going to be in heaven, He's the reason. And when I get into glory, I'll say, You're the reason I'm here because you love me. And I experience that love. If you ever experience that love, first of all, that wells up in you a heart of gratitude. You won't ever get to, Brother Brad said it this morning amazing grace. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You can't get over praising him. You won't ever get over praising him. There's a heart of gratitude in you. Just thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. I praise the Lord for that. But also when, and when that happens, there's a, there's a sense, there's something you come in your heart. There's a very humbling experience. When you realize that he loved you so much, he died for you. And that he picked you and saved you. Oh, what a humbling experience that is. There's no boasting, Paul said. Boasting is completely excluded. You can't have anything to boast about. It just brings such a spirit of humility in life. If you've ever experienced that love, you know that you're a sinner saved by grace. You know that you really don't deserve to be there, that you didn't have the money to pay for the trip. But praise God, somebody else saw it, did it. And what a humbling experience that is for you. But oh, my dear friend, there's something inside of you if you've ever experienced that love that just presses you to share it. Paul said, the love of Christ constraineth me. If you've ever experienced that love, there's something inside of you that wants you to share that love and tell others about it. Others about it. That love experienced. I don't have time to expound on that. But let me hasten on to the last thing. And that is That love exemplified. He loved me. Why did he love me so much? I can't explain that to you. I'm glad I have experienced that love. I'm glad I've been saved. But I do know this. Now he wants me to exemplify that love. The verse I quoted to you a while ago was this. Father, thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. That blew my mind. But then as I was studying for this message, I found another verse. And it was a verse previous to that one. And it wasn't the fact that God loved me as much as he loved his own son. But Jesus made this statement in chapter 15 in verse 9. Jesus said, I have loved you as the Father hath loved me. Wow. God, the Father loves me like he loves his own son, Jesus. But Jesus loves me like the Father loved him. He, he exemplified that to me. He showed me that. And my dear friend, I'm going to tell you something. The world can answer every biblical argument you've got except for love, to love them. I have a preacher friend who had a run-in with homosexual community just recently. I've talked to you about it if you want to privately. He learned, found out, came open knowledge that a young man in his church who was in the choir was a practicing homosexual, and he, and he made it, brought it out, let everybody know it. And so the pastor took him and said, I love you, but you can't represent the Lord in the choir. And so there was reaction in the gay community. And so on the next service, they had two rows full of homosexuals sitting in the church. I talked to him since that time. I said, how'd that turn out? He said, great. He said, they came and he said, our people went down the row and shook their hands and said, we're glad you're here. The Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. And he said, our church, let them know that we loved them in spite of their sin. Oh, you do that for prostitutes. You do that for anybody else. You do that for lost people. And you know what it did? It disarmed them. They couldn't say these people don't care. They couldn't say that they, they had some sort of phobia. Not afraid of them. We have compassion like on any lost person, any sinner. And my dear friend, it disarmed them. The love of God. They, they, can, they can argue about everything else, about, but your love for them and your concern for them. The Bible said, you'll love the brethren you ought to demonstrate that love to the saints of God. And this is where I was talking about it. As I was studying and praying over this message, boy, God was just blessing my heart as I thought about 15 years of serving here and watch this church, how they, how they touch lives and minister to people. I've had people come in and out of these services and they say to me, Brother Billy, you've got the love in this church. God's got a love in this church in the world here. That's, that's Christ. And a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ said this in John 13 verse 5. He said, by this shall they know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. They can see that love. They can feel that love. They can sense that love. They can argue with you about theology all day long. But if you love them like Jesus loved them, if you minister them, Jesus loved sinners. He was accused of being a friend friend of sinners. My dear friend, listen, he loved them. He didn't condone their sin. We don't condone their sin, but we love them in Jesus' name and touch lives for Christ. I'm just telling you, sitting in this congregation this morning, there are people (coughs) and they look fine. They dress nicely. They look happy. If you speak to them, they'll be pleasant to you. But this church is full of hurting hearts this morning. This church is full of people that need somebody to love them. There are boys and girls and men and women in this community that they may show a rough exterior but way down deep inside they want somebody to love them. Nobody can love them like Jesus but Jesus can love through us to tell them the gospel and tell them there's somebody who cares and there's somebody who loved them and would save them, give them everlasting life if you'll touch them in Jesus' name. I have so many things I'd like to say my time's already gone. But he says in the Gospel of John, I, I do want to, t- First John, let me turn over there. I'll just read, like Brother Ricky said this morning, I'll just read the Word of God <coughs> to you real briefly this right now. But look in John chapter, 1 John, First John chapter 3. Let me read to you verse number 14. And we know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Oh, what an awful indictment if we don't love the brethren, the saints of God, if we don't love the people of God. And then look at verse number uh, 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You love in truth and you love in deed. You touch them as Jesus touched them and you teach them as Jesus taught them and you weep over them as Jesus wept over them. And then look in chapter four, verse seven, I'll read this. And we'll be through. Beloved, let us love one another. For, God is, uh, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. And this was manifest the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That, he might, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is the satisfaction for our sins, that all of our sin debt could be paid. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. There are many other things I could read to you on down through here. But now notice, he said this, verse 21. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loved God, love his brother also. That's the royal law of God. Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? Would you bow your heads this morning as we ask God to speak to our hearts? Lord, Lord, i prayed and I ask that God somehow, that God, the love of God that passeth all understanding, that passeth knowledge, God, that you and love through the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God could touch hearts. I pray God for every saint of God in this building. I pray, God, in these last days that we will not be characterized as in the book of Revelation that the love of many waxes cold. God, I pray that our love will not wax cold. I pray, God, that our love will be on fire. God, I pray this morning for fresh baptism of the love of God in the heart of every believer to love people, to be, Lord, to love the saints of God to be moved with compassion at the lost people in our community. Our Father, not to judge them. You've already judged them, not condemn them. God, they're condemned already. But God, to love them in Jesus' name. God, help me, as you said, I want to love them as the Father loved them. I want to love them, Jesus, as you love them. And God, I pray you'd help me to do that. Help every saint of God to do that. And our Father, while these are difficult days financially and physically for a lot of people, God, I pray that our lives shall continually be given for others. Help us continue to focus on the needs and the burden of others and to care for others and to touch them in Jesus' name and to teach them in Jesus' name and to shed tears over them in Jesus' name. Father, this morning if there's a man or woman or a boy or girl who has never experienced that love, if they've never felt the warmth of your embrace, if they've never known what it is for all their sins to be gone and for them to be filled and flooded with the love of Christ, to know how much you love them. Oh Lord, what a humbling experience that is. What What an awesome experience that is to know the love of Christ. And God, I pray that this morning that that man, woman, boy, girl who thinks nobody cares, nobody loves them. That this morning, the sweet Holy Spirit of God would let them know that you love them. And that Lord, you'd convict them of sin, righteousness and judgment and draw them by your grace and save them for Jesus sake. And Lord, I'll thank you. Would you stand please with your heads bowed? Brother Brad will sing a verse of a song. While we have our heads bowed, eyes are closed. How many in this building can say this morning beyond any shadow of doubt? Brother Billy, I want to thank God this morning. I have experienced that love of the Lord. I've experienced. Raise your hand high. I was lost and I'm saved. I know what it is to be saved. I, I experienced that love. I'm not worthy of it. It's a humbling experience. My heart's filled with gratitude. But thank God I know it. I have experienced that love. Thank you so much. You may put your hands down. How many of you say, Brother Billy, I have experienced that love. But I'll be honest with you, because of my own personal needs and personal problems and and some distractions and other things, I'm afraid I've not been exhibiting that love like I really ought to. I've not been showing the love of Christ like I ought to. And I want to love him with all my heart, mind and soul. And I want to minister and touch lives in the love of Lord Jesus Christ. Would you just raise your hand before the Lord that's between you and God? Nobody's looking, but just between you and the Lord say, Lord, touch me. God, I pray you'd increase my faith, increase my love. God, help me to love like Jesus loved. God, I'm human. I'm fleshly. I can't do it on my own. But God, I pray for the Holy Spirit of God to help me to love like I ought to love and express that love. Thank you so much. Now, I want to... Everybody couldn't raise their hand on either one of those occasions. But is there a boy or girl, a man or woman who'd say to me, Brother Billy, I've never experienced that love, but I want to. I want to know the forgiveness of the Lord. And I want you to know, my dear friend, He loves you. You cannot cannot feel it. You can't experience it until you experience Christ. He is the embodiment of the Lord. He's the embodiment of God. And when you ask the Holy Spirit of God, if you ask Jesus to come in your heart, the Bible says He comes in crying, Abba, Father, that's the new birth experience. And He sheds abroad in your heart the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know it, if you want to experience that love, only one way you can have it, and that is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord this morning. And right now, while you have your heads bowed, would you right now, if you say, yes, I want that, I want that, will you pray right now? You might pray a simple prayer. You pray just like this prayer, But mean it in your heart, dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe that you love the world and you love me so much that you let Jesus die for me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. You were buried and rose again. Come in my heart and save me right now. Forgive me of all my sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving me and for dying for me and for saving me.